You are listening to the Hoops Fix podcast, the official voice of the UK's largest basketball website. Visit hoopsfix.com for exclusive news, videos and more. Welcome to the Hoops Fix podcast with me, your host Sam Nita, full-time British basketball advocate. And we are continuing on with these bonus episodes bonus material, whatever you want to call it. Not official Hoops Fix podcast episodes, but audio podcasts nevertheless. Um, from Luau Deng and Postmesa Bonsu's Instagram live sessions. They've been doing these regular sessions whilst the lockdown has been happening, covering various different topics about their career and life in general. And this week, uh, which is episode seven, uh, it is life after basketball, uh, talking about uh, what they've been doing since both retiring and obviously actually the process of retiring and kind of um, taking that next step and what they've been doing and what they've been up to since uh, with some yes obviously super interesting uh, advice and um, conversation talking about the investments they've made where they've been putting their money uh, and also kind of what they've been doing uh, work-wise professionally obviously um, Pops is the GM of the Washington Wizards G League affiliate side Capital City Gogo and Luau is now the president of the South Sudanese uh, Basketball Federation so yeah, another great episode. Um, as always, if you want to support the work that we're doing, please check out our Patreon account. That's patreon.com forward slash hoopsfix, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash H-O-O-P-S-F-I-X. And there you can sign up to support us with a monthly donation of as much or as little as you like to help continue the work that we're doing to try and help grow British basketball. As always, you can reach out to me on every single social media platform at Hoopsfix. Um, not to mention that you can email me on sam at hoopsfix.com. I reply to every single one. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. Obviously, these are Instagram live sessions so they uh when they go out there with video so there's a few things that they're referring to throughout the conversation it's a bit weird uh, when you're hearing audio only um including at the very start pop shows up in a suit uh, which is why the silence then pops uh, and while laughing sorry um so yeah just bear that in mind as you're watching but yeah anyway that is enough from me here is episode seven of Deng and pops uh, life after basketball wait what the hell Yo, Pops. Yo, well. <laughs> Yo. Man. Yo. What's, what's up with you, bro? What you what's mean? Going? What's going on? What's, what's happening? Nothing, man. What's good? How, how your day going, bro? You all right? I know for damn sure, man, the quarantine, fam. Wait, wait, what's going on? Why are you dressed like this? No, this is me. This is how I work. This my this is how I go about my day, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm, but you ain't going I'm anywhere. What you mean? You at home. Okay. This is so this is the, the front office so, ballers. Wait, wait, nah, this nah, is nah. life after basketball. <laughs> this is my life. Listen, you know? it's episode six, man. They're talking about business, man. <laughs> Just for the job that you want. <laughs> job that you want. That's the best thing I'm trying this to This is not a job interview, fam. All right, you never know that. You're always interviewing, bro. You see? You're so, all too busy wearing hats and Yeah, so, so listen, man, like the, nah, nah, man's quarantine. I need a haircut. But look. You're still dressing what? like Road Mike. See? Yeah, That's but why today? Why? Why today? Because it's business day. Because it's business day. It's business day, bro. Because it's business day, you guys got dressed. Yes. Yeah. That's how you gotta. Um. That's how you gotta come correct. Man. I'm saying though, you could have warned me or something. Nah, warning. Uh. Uh-uh. See, that's what I'm saying. It's a mindset. It's how you have to carry yourself. No, it's how I carry myself, huh? What you mean? Just just what? today. Why you carry yourself the last five episodes? Huh? <laughs> yo, yo, funny guy, bro. 
because we were talking about uh, uh <laughs> we were talking about everything else other than uh basketball all right well listen so you oh, wait, wait, wait. my brother just said something <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh my god oh man hold on, hold on. yo how you um uh... i'm wearing shorts b there we go. Oh, yes. Yes, I figured it out. What you figure out? Someone said, F you, Lou, so I blocked them real quick. I figured it out, man. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo, don't come in now. We're done. Yo, I'm getting better at this. Say I don't respond thing, to them type of movements, you know. Say one more thing, block, man. Where's Kieran? Let me find out. <laughs> Let me Kieran shows up. Yo, but uh, you're, uh, obviously, the way you dress, you gave it away. Uh, the episode today, uh, yes. but well, the flyer gave it away. The flyer gave it away. Yeah, you're right. But I didn't know we're supposed to follow. Supposed to. This is how I operate. This is my mindset now. You're recently retired. I've been retired for a while, you know. So this is just how I carry my day to day, and it's been a while since I've been able to uh, to dress up. It's the first time I put a shirt on in six weeks. Yeah, but we've had six episodes. Why do you put them on every day? Um, because we were talking about something differently. This is relevant. So to depending what we're talking on what you're talking about, you dress. Dress right, for the occasion. All right. Watch when we listen. Watch when we talk about Africa. Let's see how I show up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Wait, 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 wait till we get to the episode, bro. Wait till we get to the episode. You're lucky I didn't have a a tuxedo on. Yeah, man. But yo, um, so today, yeah. Today we're mm -hmm. going to talk about um, obviously life after basketball. Uh, I should well, I should say life after retirement. Uh, but before we go there, um, we want to talk a little bit. You know, close the last episode, put it to an end. So you know, I know you have something you want to address or say, and you got a lot of messages. Obviously, following the last uh, episode. Which mm -hmm. uh, was uh, was very 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 spicy, huh? Very very, very spicy. Uh, anyway, man, uh, those so, spices. Um, now, nah, so go go ahead, man. Yeah, man. So you know, obviously, we kind of created a little stir, which you know, neither one neither one of us really are bothered about because it's all we did was speak the truth. And my big bro says, you know, the truth has no temperature. So you know, whenever you speak facts, you know, you 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 got to be okay to hang your hat on it and live with it. And, you know, when I when I was talking about when I applied for that position on the board, I, something told me to go back into my, to the archives or into my email and see if I could find that email, that, that, that particular email I was referring to. And, you know, I was talking to Benny today and, and I found it. And, you know, I was looking at the email and although it doesn't directly say you're not qualified. It's actually worse than I thought. It's a little more egregious than um, it's a little more egregious than I had ever imagined. Like it was, they basically told me um, they had been. Uh, it was extremely popular role, and they had been uh, attracting a large number of high caliber individuals. And they regretted to inform me that I wasn't shortlisted for an interview. So to me, it basically saying I wasn't. It does say I was not qualified, but it also says you're only you're not only qualified, you're not qualified to the point where we don't even want to give you an interview. 
and it was a very generic um, email, a very templated uh, response, meaning they send it to all the candidates who don't make it to a certain point. And they show me a number of different things. It shows me either they really just didn't care about um, who, who, uh, who was applying, especially myself, uh, or the people who were going through the recruitment process didn't run it up the flagpole. And I think somebody, there's got to be an accountability piece to it where either somebody looked at my resume or looked at my application and just was like, we don't care. Yeah. Or nobody ever looked at it and just basically opened the, opened the application, closed it and said, you're not qualified and just went on about their business. So it's, it's even more, um, it jumps out even more and it shows the, everything that's going on over there. And again, I'm not here to, to throw any, anybody under the bus. I'm here to tell the truth mm. and it's the truth. And I feel like we, um, we we touched on it last episode, and it just shows um, more of the problem that is uh, basketball in the United Kingdom. Mm, okay. No, that's perfect, man. You know, for, for me, I, I got messages, and, uh, you know, I just want to make it clear. I wasn't bringing it up because it, it's not – for me, it's not about uh, – and. First of all, uh, for everyone that reached out to me uh, and sent me a message, thank you for that. But, you know, I'm not, I wasn't addressing it because I want to be, you know, I want to call up players who, you know, uh, play for the national team. This is not about, I already have a relationship with the players. I could reach out to him individually and talk to players individually. They could reach out to me. Mm -hmm. What I was bringing it up, uh, the reason why I was bringing it up is because I think that we're talking about just basketball in general, not just the national team. Just because mm -hmm. we played for the national team, we're not addressing it because of just the men's national team. We're talking about all different ages, all different groups, basketball grassroots. Uh, I have a camp that, you know, we've been running for years and we put a lot of kids into school uh, mm -hmm. through basketball. Uh, why hasn't GB been part of it till today? Uh, th those are the things that I'm addressing. Why can't we do a program like that that's all year round and get the right people around it and do it for boys and girls where the programs are run because we know what it takes to get basketball to that level. Mm -hmm. This is about improving the game, not just uh, a team, not just the men's national team. We just, me and Pops are bringing it up. Obviously, that's our experience, but we're talking about all different ages, boys and girls. So with that being said, I think that we can move on. We did what we had to, uh, we, we said what we had to say about it. If, you know, in the future, if anyone has questions or want us to follow up on it, we're going to do another episode that we just do uh, questions. Mm -hmm. Right? So yep. that leaves us to today's episode. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm pretty impressed with how quick we went through that. I thought, you know. It was going to take longer. Gonna, yeah, I really thought it was going to take longer, but. I, I could, but we just, you know, decided to make the statements and keep it moving. I'm sure, you know, we'll we'll hear more about it moving forward and stuff. But again, we put it out there and we want it. We want to create a change. And that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, so. yeah, no, definitely, man. I, I, you know, when when this quarantine thing is over, I'm gonna take a shot with you for uh, you know how well you've been improving. <laughs> yeah, but uh, let's talk about. Uh, we want to talk about transitioning uh so for me honestly i want you uh to talk a little bit about the when when the time came for you to 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 decide that you want to retire uh what, mm -hmm. what was that process like and also knowing that 
you were about to stop playing basketball and, you know, go on into something else. So, you know, obviously I know you and we talked about it many times, but for people who might be in that position or at some point everyone comes to this uh, position where you have to move on uh, mm -hmm. and start something else. Can you give us a little bit about, you know, that process and what was it like? Was it easy, um, you know? Man, it's one of the most difficult things I've ever had to come to terms with, if I'm being honest. I, my, gosh, it was 20, God, it was 2015, I think. And I was playing in Greece and literally having my best season to date. I was leading the league and scoring and rebounding. And, you know, my coach told me I was on my way to receive an MVP of the Greek league. And um, is there something wrong with the thing? Because there's no... Like there's no movement going on. I'm not. Yeah. Are you receiving messages? Anybody? Yeah. Why wow, you're not? Is it going up? Uh. Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. I'm not getting. Anything. Oh, are you talking about uh, your phone? Nah, I don't know what's going on. Hold on. <laughs> I know what's going on. Hey, just give me give me two seconds. I'm yeah, because you I'm, keep changing location. I told you, man. You <laughs> I'm gonna join back. Give me give me two seconds. I'm gonna join back because it's up. All right. It? All right. All right. Yo. So we we were at um me talking about my uh retiring and coming and how I came to the decision to do so. So I was in a I was in a position where I was playing in Greece. Uh, I told you I was leading the league in scoring, rebounding on my way to being named MVP. And, you know, I was taking medication that I had just started taking. Uh, and again, I'm not gonna disclose everything because the documentary airs tomorrow and it does discuss a lot of this stuff. So I definitely want everybody to tune in. So uh, I'm just gonna breeze over some of these, these, um, these parts of the story. So, you know, go through the, the season, about to be MVP and thinking I'm on my way to, resurging my career and re revamping my career, I would say. And then I get a call saying that I failed a drug test. Mind you, I've never taken a drug, a legal drug a day in my life. And I knew it was my medication. And I, and I called, um, you know, I had a meeting with uh, ownership, coaches, everybody to let them know that, look, I played in the NBA, I played in Europe, I played in the Olympics, I played in the NCAA, I've been tested hundreds of times, never even come close to failing uh, a drug test. And, you know, tried to explain to them the whole process and what was going on. And when I went in for the uh, the hearing, when I walked in, I knew it was over. I knew it was over because I saw the way the judge was looking at me and I saw the way he wasn't really receiving what I was trying to say in regards to my medication and how I needed to operate on a daily basis. And... I usually take a positive approach to everything that I do. But then just that day, I just didn't feel right. And when I got on the plane from Athens to head back, I remember getting hundreds of messages, texts, tweets, calls, everything saying, um, what happened? What happened? We're sorry. And I found out that I had a two-year ban. And at 31, 32, I was like, man, me getting a two-year ban at this point, like, what am I supposed to do? Obviously, I fought the um, the decision, and I go into uh, I fought the decision. Then I get a job offer from the Players Association, 
And I'm big on signs. I'm very big on signs. And at that moment in time, I uh, getting that job off, I, it seemed like someone was telling me basketball um, was not the path I was supposed to go anymore. And my impact on the game was going to be um, in the suit now. So, again, like I said, I kind of left some stuff out. But, again, if you watch the documentary tomorrow, you'll get all the intricate details as to why exactly some of the things went the way they did. But my career ended against my will. And to this day, I retired five, six years, five years ago. And to this day, that void has never been filled and probably never will be filled because you can never replace playing the game, uh, playing the game, what's it called? at a level in front of these fans in front of everybody that um that uh that you live your life you, you work your whole life to get to and then it's taken away from you like how do you handle that and right. you, know, but, you know we're saying that not to cut you off but we're saying that but don't you think where you are now you wouldn't be at this stage right now if that didn't happen i mean you know it's a blessing to play for as many years as you have uh but don't you look at it as where you're at now, the position you're in? If you were retiring today, you wouldn't be in this position, would you? Most definitely. And it's funny you say that. Um, yeah, I definitely feel like I'm a direct result of my life experiences. I, um, everything I've been through, everything I've gone through, good and bad, I like to think it's the reason why I'm in this position now. Had I not been cut, had I not been... Um, you know, had I not been, had to retire early, had I not had to work at the Players Association or do all these other things, I would not be a general manager today. And it's really, you know, again, it's a sign. God, again, what God has planned for you is not what you have planned for yourself. And, you know, you really have to come to terms. Um, you really have to come to terms with, um, with with your life and being very self-aware you know it took a long time and i know you and i spoke about it a lot i remember we were walking back to the hotel one time and we were and i told you i was coming out of retirement and i can't say the words the exact words that you used but you basically said you can't and for me i was like you know somebody who i hold close to me was telling me i shouldn't come out of retirement and i was like um why and then you explained to me that you felt like well you can you can explain what, what you was um what you were thinking when i told you i was going to come every time i mean for me i honestly i, I saw you know you moving up fast I, I think that obviously we all wanted to see you you know keep on playing um i wanted you to keep playing but in all honesty i just i didn't like uh, the direction basketball was going in general uh, mm -hmm. because I was beginning to experience some of it also, uh, different, you know, um, situation, but I was starting to, to see it. But what I saw when you were moving fast in terms of being a scout uh, when you started working for MBPA, and I always said, like, you just had a way of, you know, um, just people trusting you and getting things done, and you were going from one, one position to another to another position. Now you're a GM of you know, G League team and, you know, and my whole thing was, you know, don't go back to the stress. Uh, don't go back to the stress. I know how much you, you know, pain you not to play, mm -hmm. but it's, you know, you're more than just a basketball player. I remember telling you that exactly, you know, if you, if you have the brain and you know that you could improve and help, 
not only you know other players but health system and basketball and situation you should get into that you know and i was really happy that you didn't get back i did i didn't you know i really didn't want to see you come back and you know let's say not that it would happen but mm -hmm. an injury or something and now you're going back starting from what you've already built if i didn't see what you built off the court i wouldn't have said it but to me, it just made sense. And mm -hmm. that was just my advice, purely not even, you know, thinking of how hard it is for you not to play. I was just literally thinking of life after and, you know, what's going to happen afterward. Are you going to keep on playing or are you just going to position yourself in this field to, you know, to be successful after playing? You know, I mean, no matter what, I think you'll be successful, but it's good to get ahead of time at the right time. You know, it's a blessing. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely a, a blessing. And, you know, it made me sit back and think that um, as much as I wanted to play, I realized at the time that um, basketball, my, my, my play on the court wasn't where my impact was going to be. And I had to come to terms with that. And, you know, it was very difficult and it took a while. It's still, a, it's still difficult and I still struggle with it, which is probably why I play to this day, you know, I still play three, four times a week and work out like I'm a professional athlete. And just because that's just who I am. And I think not only does it go a long way with players, it go, it just, it's, it's, um, it's therapeutic for me to compete, to work out, to play, because that's just, I feel like that's what allowed me to live this life that I'm living now and have the opportunities that I'm having now because I, I used, um, basketball to create all these opportunities so i'm definitely appreciative of that and definitely keep continue to use it to my benefit so you know speak to us about with that said you know you continue playing and i think literally right as i had that conversation with you you were getting ready to sign with the lakers speak yeah that. yeah um so what's what's your question <laughs> you'll get ready to sign with the lakers so you, you go from there. What happened as soon as you signed with the Lakers and, and what, how did that all come about? Talk you know, I think, you know, for me, um, you know, yours happened all of a sudden. Uh, you know, I think for me, I've been blessed and given time to actually think about what I wanted to do. Uh, I think I told you many times, I think when you look at and, you know, a lot of people don't really get a chance to, to look look at situation the way I looked at it you know mm -hmm. for me I had to look back I had to go from scratch of you know playing basketball I had to go back to um it always I've never ever uh, when I played basketball and it's a blessing obviously but also working hard I didn't think of my minutes I, I always thought of my game you know I went and worked on my game I wanted to get better on my game but I was provided you know when I came to the league, uh, or when I came to high school, you know, I knew that when the game started, I was going to play. It was about being productive, you know, when the game play, when the game started, it's, let's win, let me do what I got to do. Uh, then I go to college, you know, go to Duke, start at Duke, the same thing, you know, here's your minutes. You know, I go, I get drafted, and Chicago Bulls is like, listen, after training camp, it's after seven or eight games, we're going to start you. Mm -hmm. And also by the ninth game I was starting and I would get ready. I'll go work on my game. I'll, I'll show up and, you know, the minutes are there. just got to play hard, get the job done and, mm -hmm. and get going. So, and then in the NBA, 
I ended up doing that for 13 years. Um, 13 years I was starting, 13 years I had a major role, 13 years I was, you know, counted on. When I signed with the Lakers, I had a hard time um, with, you know, what I was being asked. It was the first time, you know, I was asked to be a mentor and to, to really help the younger players. And I went, I went and I did my best, you know, I tried to do my best, uh, but it was hard because now I was, you know, all of a sudden I got to, you know, think of the game differently, mm-hmm. you know, and then all of a sudden I'm coming off the bench and, you know, credit to everyone, but your mindset, you know, growing up and playing the game so much, you become used to one certain way of doing things. You know, I had a hard time trying to come off the bench where I was playing so many minutes and now I got to think of, okay, I might get nine minutes today. How am I, how can I be productive in those minutes? Knowing that some people, that's their whole career and they become good at that role, but I struggled with it. So right away, I had to be honest with myself and I started, you know, preparing myself mentally like you know how long am I going to play this game it still work hard but when the time comes I got to be realistic with myself and know that you know it's time to to step away and I remember calling you uh, and you know I called you and I said Leo listen um, you know I'm going to retire you know and I remember I was having a conversation and you try to tell me that you know look man uh, I've retired you know, you want to make sure you're 100%. You're not going to go back on this. And I remember telling you, nah, it's done, man. Like, it, it, I've, I've thought about it. I've calculated it. I know that I have a bigger purpose afterward. I was confident in a lot of things that I've built. Uh, so I wasn't, you know, thinking twice of my decision or worried about, you know, the decision that I'm about to make. So How I was really prepared. I, huh? How do you feel now with that decision? No, I'm happy about it. I really love it. I think that no matter what, you're going to miss the game. Uh, and it's not so much, you know, the game itself. You just miss the atmosphere. You miss your teammates. Uh, you miss the people that you see every day. You're talking about, you know, we don't have nine to five or the weekends off. You, you know, you're seeing the same people every day. You build a bond with everyone. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, it's also mixed, you know, changing your routine that you've been doing for so many years. Uh, but, Honestly, I'm, I'm really happy with where I'm at in terms of the decision that I made, the things that I'm doing now, and also, you know, business-wise, everything that I've been focused on, but also the things that I'm trying to, you know, improve and build. So I'm, I'm really, I'm happy about it. I'm in a good place with it. Yeah, man, that's dope, man. And it's, it's good, it's good to, uh, that you are in a good place because so many players retire. And, you know, when I was at the Players Association, one thing I learned was that, um, so many players retire and then they go through this um, feeling of inadequacy phase. Even if they have all the money they ever made in the bank and they had a great career, what do you do when you retire? Like, how do you operate? And, you know, speak speak to the uh, mental health side of things and how you have to be, you know, really self-aware and understand where you are in that regard. Because me personally, when it happened, Like I said, there was a hole. There was a void that I felt like was never going to be filled, and I know it wasn't going to be filled. And it was difficult for me to come to terms with um, with that. And it took time. It took me really loving the work that I was doing, loving the impact that I was having on this side of the game, to to be okay with being retired. Now I'm not. um, I'm not. I can't. I guess I'm a little more used to it now because it's been a few years. But every, like, you have to understand, people tell me just because 
I'm still uh, I'm still around the game. That that's great. That's a little. That's 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 the most difficult part for me. Yeah. Still being around the game is the most difficult part for me. I have to watch, you know, players play the game that I love and play the game that I still feel like I can play at a high level. There was a time I was I was scouting and watching players who I was I felt like I was currently better than better than and players in you know, I scouted internationally for the Spurs too. And then I had to um, you know, recommend players who maybe just a year or two ago I had to play against and I had destroyed. And that man, I, I lied to you, not scouting for two years with the Spurs is one of the most difficult things I've ever had to do. Yeah. You know, I love the game. I love, I love, you know, you know, critiquing the game, watching the game and using my basketball expertise to help the Spurs out. But again, every single day, I remember my first report, I was writing a report and I said, uh, and obviously I'm not going to mention who I was talking about, but I was writing a report and I was like, I don't know if he should be in the NBA because he can't even guard me. And I had to delete it. I just thought, I just hit delete. I just kept hitting delete because I was like, look, fix your mindset. This is your job. Be where your feet are and understand that. Um, uh, I came to terms with it and I was like, man, uh, this is my life now. Chase, yeah. what up? Go ahead. What were you saying? No, I think, I mean, I think it's the hardest when it's different. You you left the game and went right into the game. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's. Uh, I can't imagine doing that. I mean, you know, it's it's. For me, there's you know, I still see games and I still see certain things, and I'm like, I can help that team out for sure. Um, you know, but at the same time, I have to be honest with myself and just you know, just tell myself that I've moved on. I'm I'm on to the next thing. I'm I'm watching games now as a fan. But I enjoy, I really enjoy helping other players. You know, there's, I, I still have teammates that I still text mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, I might just mention something about the game they're about to play or someone they're about to play. Or, you know, I was always used to studying the game uh, and always telling my teammates, like, yo, this guy likes to do this. Like, watch when he does this. And there's guys now that I'm still in contact with that every now and then I'm like, yo, you know what he likes to do. You got to take this away. Uh, you know, there or I'll text some of my friends, be like, yo, the third quarter, this team, they're always trying to come and try to bury you. If you stick with them in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter, they ain't going to show up. So, you know, so it's still there. The competitive nature is still there. And I think with you, you are right into the sideline. You know, so so that's definitely different. But also, I want to talk about now, you know, with, with the basketball, um, you know, side, wh what else are you know, how, what else are you doing besides, you know, uh, I mean, obviously you're doing stuff in Africa, you're doing stuff in Ghana, but how are you managing uh, what you're doing? And also, you know, who's around you or what's the team that you put around you to, you know, that you trust in order to, you know, to build everything else that you're building? Man, that's a great question, man. Uh, you know, it was, it was, it was weird because um, when I retired and I got on this side, um, my fiance at the time was telling, I was like nervous. I didn't know how to go about things. I had played, I had played a sport for 10, 11 years. And I was like, well, now all of a sudden I'm wearing a suit everywhere I go. And now I'm, I'm, I'm on the corporate side of things to an extent. And, um, I remember just sitting there and she told me, I've seen you wake up at five o'clock in the morning to drive an hour to go 
do to, to go lift than to go to drive another hour to go play and drill and work out and do all this all these things that you were investing in your body. You put that same work ethic. Um, what up, Daryl? You put that same work ethic into your path as a as a GM or your path as a scout or whatever it is you're doing. Your results will be not only the um, better, the same, but they could possibly be better. And that's what we were speaking to in a couple of episodes before where we were talking about how, yeah, we're telling you that what we did in regards to us, you know, sneaking in the gyms and working out, waking up at five o'clock in the morning and just working harder than everybody else to get where we got. But it may not relate to everybody. You know, some people may have dreams of being in the NBA, but it just may not be in the cards. And, I, you know, I never want to shatter someone's dreams. But if, you, if you're self-aware and figure out that, hey, if I put this similar work ethic into being a, being a, a, into being a lawyer or being a doctor, maybe I'll be, become the best doctor I can be or the best lawyer I can be. And, you know, th those results will show it through your, um, through your work ethic. So, you know, that was, that was definitely something um, that took an adjustment. But, I, you know, I, I ended up being, um, coming to terms with it and, and, uh, and liking it. And with that said, though, um, now that I'm a GM, you've retired recently. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, you just became the president of the South Sudanese um, Basketball Federation. Which 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 surprised me as to why you don't have a suit on right now too. So speech, what? What you mean? I was just saying it's surprising. Either see, way, that, that's the problem, man. Titles, look. No, 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 no. See, see, that's the thing about me. That's the thing about me. Yeah, I'm a GM and I'm technically considered a suit, but I don't look like or carry myself like everybody else who does my job. I like being in a suit. Sometimes I might be in the caftan. I might wear chocolate to, to games. I might wear, you know, some, some uh, what's it called, some traditional wear. Because in where we're from, that's still considered a suit. Are you, are you doing an interview for GQ? Uh, what are we? Are you, every are you, time I leave my house. What's your, what's your, what, every time I we, leave my house. What's going, what's it's going on here? For, it's, it's, it's an interview for GQ. I can't help it. What did Beyonce say? Some people were born this way. Some people woke up like this. Pops, I can't Pops, help it. Pops. This is how I dress and carry myself. Hey, Pops, it's your first day in the sixth episode wearing the same four T-shirt and all these. <laughs> you mess over here talking like it's a, it's a common dress every day. Yo, yo, just one day, you know. It's, like, it's been 30 minutes of live. It's just going in, yo. But when I people did. ask me, yeah. when, like, but that's because I can't leave the house. That's because I can't leave the house. So luckily, on I like the mentality, man. I like the mindset. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all about learning. I'm, I'm learning from you. You retired before me, so yeah. I gotta approach it like how you're approaching. So yeah, you I know? learned from you, and you learned from me. So now you're coming over to my territory into the retired, um, uh, into the retired Vegas. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to the retired life, and this is how we sometimes carry myself. Trust me, I love being in sweats and everything, but I, because I did something a certain way in shorts and a jersey for so long, I'm cool with being in a suit. I like being in a suit. I feel like it it makes me, like basketball doesn't define me. I really feel like it's my experiences uh, make me who I am. So when I walk into a room, I never want anybody to be like, they go to that basketball player. It's like, no, nah, they go to the GM of the Capital City Go-Go. There goes the uh, there goes the president of the South Sudan South Sudanese Basketball Federation. 
you know, whatever I got on or whatever I've done prior to doesn't define me. Who the person you see inside is is who um is so, right in front of you. So you like you like the suit or you feel comfortable in the suit? Well, I'm comfortable in the suit. You feel comfortable, comfortable in the suit. I'm definitely comfortable in the suit. Yeah. Because sometimes they'd be tight, you know. So if, if it's made for you then, you know, uh I know he ain't for me. Uh, if it's made for you, <laughs> this dude just talking about it. Sears Keller, my boy who wears nothing but JC Penny suits. Nothing wrong with JC Penny suits, but he makes a lot of money and he decides to get his suits from JC Penny. But if it's made for you, it shouldn't be tight. It should be, you know. And that's how we carry ourselves in North London too, bro. This is just how we move. Okay, All that's right. just how we move, bro. Nah, I like how you, you know, shout out North London and the yes, move, yeah. man. Yeah. Move. But you know. Um, for me, all right, so for me, uh, you know, I, I do have a couple of pictures with suits on. They look good. Suits are good. Dude, you know? two pictures. His no, draft, no. His draft suit, the one time he wore a suit. Let's not, let's not mention, let's not mention the draft suit. Well, how many buttons did it have? Nine? <laughs> yeah, the, you, crazy, the crazy thing about the draft suit, I had, I had the company, um, at the hotel, it was a fitted suit, bro. It wasn't really? even like it wasn't like sent to me, and I put it on, and I'm like, yo, I had no choice. Nah, they were there. They were there. They, you know, measured it the right way, everything. But now, when I look at that suit, I'm like, man, oh my god. But uh, you know, um, for me, I wanted to. Obviously, everyone know how passionate I am about you know South Sudan, and I really, you know, uh, just want to do as much as I can. Uh, so. When I retired, I knew that I had a lot of uh, offers and a lot of options. Uh, this is just, you know, basketball for me. I felt, how can I use basketball as a tool uh, to bring a lot of other things into South Sudan? This is not just being the president of Basketball Federation. I don't want it just to be about basketball. I don't want people to think of it that way. Obviously, I do want to help all the, you know, young boys and girls that, you know, want to, go to the next level and want to, you know, an opportunity through basketball, but also where I come from, basketball can be used for a lot of other things. You know, you could work with so many different, you know, different people and different organizations using basketball as a tool to bring, you know, sports brings people together. And that's really why I wanted to change the mindset of how people view just basketball in South Sudan. It's something that we are naturally gifted at you know, and we got to use it, you know, we got to use it to our advantage. And that's why I took that position. There's a lot of other positions that I could have taken. But to me, it came to a point where it's something that I love doing, I wake up love doing it. So I wanted to take that side of it. With that being said, there's also other sides where, you know, when you're retired, the business side of things where, you know, you also want to be successful in what you're doing off the court. You know, I've never wanted to be just a basketball player. I want to highlight the other things that I'm doing. And this goes way back to, you know, uh, I, I keep on mentioning Matthew Ryder, but it goes way back to when I was in England and Matthew came up to me and he said, you know, let's drive around. We got in the car and we just drove around England and he started teaching me you know, the value of real estate um, and just telling me, you know, this house, you could get it for this much, you could sell for this much, this area is going up. You know, Matthew told me about Brixton way before Brixton started booming and, you know, the gentrification and everything. So I started to, you know, take it serious because I was, you know, for me, and I told you this pops, with a lot of athletes, when it comes to something physical, we always want to try it, you know, whether it's like, 
you know, you saying you're a natural athlete where you did high jump, someone comes up to you and says, you know, let's play basketball, let's work out on the basketball. You jump right in because you're an athlete, it comes natural. You know, mm -hmm. so for me, I wanted to approach, you know, business the same way. I wanted to learn, but the best way to learn is from individuals, you know, and with me saying that, you know, I know a lot of people know that now I work with Dave Gross. And for me, I learned, I learned so much. And the way I met Dave is through a friend of mine, uh, Ant. Uh, and it's the same thing. After I met with Matthew Ryder in England, I, you know, I sat down with Ant and we mapped out what I want to do. And I remember he said, look, this is what we have. This is how much we have, you know, in a bank. This is how much you're making. This is what's coming in. What do you want to put away? And what do you want to invest into real estate? You know, and I said, look, let's let's map out a way where I'm never stressed in terms of when I retire, you know, I have enough that I've taken, you know, that can take care of me and my family for the rest of my life. You know, I want to have enough where I'm spending and I also want to have enough that I can, you know, invest. And that's where we started my company. And, you know, it took with with the, with our strategy and everything we did it took a few years to get to where we got to but this is working with people i trusted people that know what they're doing and learning from them but i approach it like what you said it's the same mindset you know it's things that i had no idea about i was going into meetings but i was sitting there and i would tell you know ann and dave i would tell them straight up like you know what are they talking about and we would break it down you mm -hmm. know and i felt like it was the beginning of you know, me falling in love with what I'm doing. I just, I took it very seriously. And that's my message to, you know, to, to other athletes, you know, you're so successful in one field and you've made money, but you look at the other field as if something that you cannot be good at, you know, but if you're going to get into it, get to know it, uh, mm -hmm. whatever it is that you, you know, that you decide that you want to do. So, yep. yeah. so that's, so that's my, my, my business side of things in, in that term. Yeah, that's 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 cool, man. That's dope. And I know um, with that said, I remember we were speaking a, a few years ago and you said something like, yeah, I own part of that company or I'm invested in that and I'm invested in this. And I'm looking back like, what what kind of business is my man onto? And that's when I was like, yo, like he's not just a basketball player. You got to shift your mindset and you have to start thinking life after the game and start thinking bigger picture. And again, not a lot of athletes that, uh, do that during their career, especially with the type of money that players make in, in today's game. That um, it's, uh, you think they think the money's never going to end. And I remember my boy Chris Bosch told me that it's a lot easier to run through $100 million than it is $100,000. Yeah. And people probably sound, look at you crazy when you, you hear that. But if you think about it, when you make $100 million, you're gonna act and live like you make a hundred million dollars. There's not. Don't forget the fact that Uncle Sam is taking 40, 50 percent of that. So you're down to 55, 60 million dollars off top. But you're still thinking you're making a hundred million. You're gonna get the jet. You're gonna have the uh, a condo, the house, all this other stuff, and the lavish lifestyle. And before you know it, you're on ESPN talking about broke. And no, I, when exactly. I saw that, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just agreeing with you on what you're saying. It's, it's, you know, it's a lot of people don't look at it that way. But what you just said about, you know, how fast you could go through a hundred million and a hundred grand, yes. and I know it sounds insane. Um, you know, the other thing too, with you mentioning uh, uh, Chris, 
uh, you know, with, with Chris Bosch, I remember, man, we used to sit on a bus and our conversations were so different than, you know, what most of uh, other athletes would talk about. You know, I remember Chris and, you know, you, you were with Chris and were you with Chris in Ghana when he was in Ghana? No, no. So I went the year before, and he he came the next year. I was, I think I was still, I play, I was playing. I, I didn't on that trip. Yeah, you know, and I it's it's conversations like that where Chris wasn't having conversations just about yo, I'm going to visit Ghana. You know, we were having conversation of what are you doing in Africa? Well, what what can we do in Africa? Or what are the business opportunity in Africa? What can we get done? And for me, I always, you know, share my opinions with players. Even when we started doing the the real estate class with the MBBA, mm-hmm. um, I always want to give back in terms of what I'm learning. But I think it's also understanding how to learn, you know. Uh, and what I mean by that is the approach has been has been wrong for you know. And I've said this before, you know. In the past, we were when I first got into the MBA, we were watching. Until today, you know, we're watching highlights or uh, a documentary about someone who went broke, mm-hmm. you know, and they would tell you one way or someone went broke and you try to avoid that way. Uh, and for me, the approach should be, you know, people that actually became successful after basketball. What did they do? How can I copycat? Mm-hmm. You know, how can I be a copycat and do similar things to what they're doing? What's the approach? That's the learning that you can't you know, teaching schools, you know, being, you know, following someone who actually done it and mentoring you, you know, and that's, and that's really what helped me a lot. And I jumped on it. I jumped on it right away. You know, I wanted to learn hands-on of people that have done it, you know, from talking to Matthew, even guys like, you know, we, a lot of time a close friend of mine, Stafford, who mm-hmm. you know, has been flipping houses for years. And I tell people, you know, you have to look at that. If your friend, if, if your friend is doing it, you got to, you know, ask them questions and become close to them. How are they doing it? This is not just, you know, I'm just going to go out there and just do it. It doesn't work like that. You know, mm-hmm. that's really what I've learned from that. So. Yeah. Wow. That's, and that's, and again, like I said, when you, when I spoke to you about that and we were talking about this guy, <laughs> shout out to Kojo, uh, my man from London, the comedian, Hackney's finest. Um, he uh, he's coming in to cause nothing but trouble though just fyi just, just don't look at the comments i'm telling you right now do not look at the comments he's only here to cause trouble so um so yeah i heard that and i was like man i'm not going about things the right way i'm not thinking um uh, about things the right way and that's when i was like i gotta stop putting myself and my family in a position so that they can benefit from this life that i've been able to live and that's when i started leaning on you we went to that real estate um i went to the real estate class with you guys and, and it really opened my eyes and broadened my horizons because i really wish i was thinking this way 10 years ago because had i been doing so i would have been in a much better position or been a much more advanced than i am now and you know, you know. Thankfully, we've been able to invest in some things together and do some stuff together. And you know, again, I've shifted the way I move, go about things. Now, you know, I'm invested in Ghana. You know, we started the academy, and um, we're starting an academy in Ghana. We started my yearly camp, um, yearly camp in Accra. We're going to do it all across the country. And I and I got all that mode from some of the stuff that you've done. And I definitely want to continue to build on that. And, you know, also, you know, I, and it's, it's good to have um, 
diversity in your investments too. You can speak to that too. You know, for me, there's real estate. You know, I'm invested in a restaurant in New York. Uh, I'm also, you know, investing in stuff in Ghana because you can't just put all your eggs in one basket. There's different types of investments and different types of return on investments too. So, you know, speak to your diversity and like maybe speak on some of the, the different things that you're um, invested in or that, that interests you that you want to invest in, maybe even in the continent. Yeah, no, it's been, um, to me, you know, um, real estate is, is the one thing that I highlighted. Uh, and we did that article on Forbes, obviously, because uh, Big it, it, yeah, it, it really grew fast and became successful very fast. We believe in the concept and what we've been doing, uh, even speaking about what we're doing with Dave, with, uh, with what we're doing with Vector90, uh, our, our opportunity zone, teaching people how to invest in, in real estate and what zones to, to put their money in. So that part really is what I've been getting a lot of questions about because obviously the article came out. But for me, I've always, you know, um, like what you said, it's always been a smart investment uh, mm -hmm. portfolio. And, and how do you spread your money into the right things? I could tell you so many things that I invested in right. that if, if I mention it, people will be surprised. But I don't right. want to ever feel like I'm bragging. Yeah. Um, you know, and even me with my team, like finding out that, you know, we invested a long time ago on UFC. I'm a fan of UFC, but for a while I didn't even know that. And you, everybody's looking at me like I'm the crazy one, and he's the fan of UFC. I've never kicked anybody. I'm not okay. Sorry, let me stop. <laughs> what the hell? Listen, you, yo, this is how this is how you end up jumping people. You just switch. I just mentioned UFC, and right away you couldn't even remember you've been kicking people, and halfway through it you remember you've been kicking people. <laughs> no, I've kicked someone. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, oh. <laughs> Yo, man. but yeah, no, so it's really, but I have to give credit, honestly, I have to give credit to a team that I put around me in terms of, you know, I committed to, you know, fully understanding what the process is and what we're trying to do. Um, I'll, I'll give you guys a little story with uh, D3NI. Oh, before you go, shout out to David Gross, who just joined the chat. If you've got any questions, Send them to David Gross right there, David A. Gross. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna bring yo we're gonna bring Dave into this uh, into this show too. I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Told him he's got a comment. Uh, yeah, Dave just said talk about just water. Yeah, he's putting you on blast now. You ain't got no choice now. <laughs> nah, it's uh, I'm telling you, it's you know the team that we put together with you know Dave leading the team obviously and the way we just formed it, it's a story that eventually, you know, it, it's something that I really want to be able to tell one day that I feel that is, you know, it's as important as my basketball career, but the impact of it is even going to be bigger uh, because of just the strategy of how we do it. And we're trying to teach a lot of other athletes or even just individuals that are trying to invest their money the right way and how to spread their money or how to invest their money wisely. It's one thing to just put your money in something and it luckily just happens. Uh, but it's different to do your homework and to know the laws and to actually strategize the right way. You know, uh, Dave said to talk about just water. So just water, uh, we invested in just water in an early stage. Um, you know, Dave came in and we sat down and he believed in, you know, just water from day one. And 
you know, being, you know, getting connected with Will Smith and what his family's trying to do with just water, it was a no brainer for us to, you know, to invest in it. But I try to tell people we invested in just water before they even had a water bottle. You know, this is, this was when it was just an idea, you know, just talking about it behind closed doors and our team jumped on it and we invested in it. And then we teamed up with Will and with Will Smith and we went to the Bahamas and we invested into real estate um, when, you know, in the Bahamas and Albany. Um, and this is another thing that we got, you know, into together. So people that you work with is important who you work with because mm -hmm. there's other opportunities that are going to open up, you know, so talking a little bit about, you know, spreading your portfolio, that's part of it, you know, right. being, being invested in all these different things, but also the things that I'm passionate about. You know, I, I remember going back to, to Africa and driving around, and I told you this story, Pops, we're driving around and I'm seeing, you know, you know, everything, the struggle in terms of uh, construction. You know, I was seeing people building brick by brick and it was taking forever. And I became very passionate in being a part of that. But this wasn't, I didn't jump on this just to profit from it. I really wanted to make affordable homes uh, mm -hmm. for people in Africa. And we started our construction company where we teamed up with a company in the UK called Elcon. And Elcon is, you know, the way they build with their machines and everything is a lot different than what's been, you know, available in Africa. And that's going back and building affordable homes. And now I'm working with players in the NBA to get involved in investing in Africa and doing things like that. So it's definitely spreading the portfolio. Um, we got five minutes. Uh, but honestly, I have questions? a lot of questions. I have questions here, but when I log off, they're going to come off. So uh, let me try to just, you know, so Pops, you could talk about whatever you want to talk about. Uh, uh, okay, while he's looking for questions. Talk about your suit. Talk about your suit. Who made your suit? Ah, Luke, you know what's funny? Speaking of collaboration and, and, and uh, utilizing your friends, I remember, I remember I got went to a game to watch Luke play against the Knicks. He was playing for Miami, and this is when I was at the Players Association, and I had to get a, I had to wear a suit everywhere I went. And he, um, he was like, "Yo, where you get your suit from?" And I told him. He was like, "No, no, no, no. Call my guy. Call this guy in Bangkok." And now I think I may have bought forty suits from him. You know, it's uh, again, I'm I'm in a suit pretty much every other day, and we have to. You gave up my restore. You gave up the, the secret weapon. No, nah, I ain't say the name. I ain't say where. You know how many people are in Bangkok? Yeah, but the, come on, man. Now I'm going to get text message and phone call like, yo, you've been putting pops on someone with suits? All right. First of all, you can put whoever you want on it. Whether they're going to look the same way is, 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 oh, is, is, is still remains to be seen. What? So. Yo, what's, what's, what happened? Anyway, look. I wanted to, to put this up because Dave is on, on here. Uh, Dave is on here, and I wanted to put this up real quick. But, you know, when we bring Dave on, he could speak more about, you know, his relationship, our relationship with Nipsey Hussle and, uh, and Vector 90. But, you know, I met, I met Nipsey um, through Dave, obviously. And, you know, when I try to tell people, you know, what you hear about Nipsey or what you, you see, it's, it's real. You know, Nipsey had a different mindset. And I remember when I connected with Nipsey, he was already talking to me about ways, how do we connect, um, you know, African-Americans with, with Africans? How do we build that bridge in order to, to build back home, but also build here? How can we get, 
you know, our people to work together and connect. He was already moving different. He was thinking ahead of time. And I remember when, you know, talking with Dave and Dave is like, listen, Nipsey has the same mindset of, you know, trying to build and trying to better his community, trying, mm -hmm. to, trying to do it the right way and bringing the right team around him. And, you know, to, to me, it, it's something that I can't wait to when we bring Dave on here to speak about it, because it's, it's one thing when you see, you know, quotes or you hear it in a song, but Nipsey was living it, man. Nipsey was, he was all about it, you know, going back to Eritrea and everyone from Eritrea would tell you how close South Sudanese or just Sudanese in general are with Eritrea and Ethiopia. It's, 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 it's something that I was so happy and I couldn't wait, you know, for us to build that bridge. And it's something that we still, you know, talking about doing, but, uh, you know, when it comes to back to 90, and how involved Nipsey was and the idea behind it uh, is something that it's a story that I'm so excited to, you know, to have Dave talk about. Uh, but but I just wanted to bring that question up because it was such a good question. And so so what you want to do? I know you said you had more questions. How many more you got? You think you, you want to go another 15 minutes? Come back, to take some questions, and then yeah. But do you want me to put up a question real quick before we go? So we can answer it when we come back uh right this is just about you know um uh, yeah i saw that yeah yeah we're about to cut off though so i guess so let's just so sign we'll talk, we'll talk about this a little bit so uh we'll be back in three minutes here we go to three minutes all right okay nah so no nah, three minutes is fine i know you got a suit on so you know i know you're gonna take i'm already good to off. go bro you're probably gonna take the suit off <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm gonna take the suit off <sighs> All right, all right, three minutes. <laughs> three minutes. Yo. Yo. Oh, I thought you couldn't hear me. What? What are you? <laughs> Yo, I thought you were gonna change. What? I did. What? I did change. You changed shirt. I changed everything. That's a different suit? It is a different suit, yes. Okay. So you just you weren't gonna change into a t shirt. You changed into a I didn't suit. say what I was changing into, I said I was changing. But why you change from a suit to a suit? When you fly, why the hell would you drive? What? Exactly. Yeah, when you're but flying you, when you're when flying you fly, why the hell would you drive? Bro, what is this complication? You just changed from a suit to a suit. Exactly. Yeah, but why didn't you just change? I mean, if you're gonna change, you would change. Why something. ask why? You're asking. You're asking. But I'm just. Simple, I'm saying. You're asking you such simple questions right now, and I don't understand why you're asking. No, me. no, seriously, this is confusing. So look, you probably changed like from a suit, right? Because mm -hmm. you were like uncomfortable with the suit. No, I changed because we're doing a different live, so it's only right that I change the suit that I have on. So you. But you haven't There could changed. be new people in here who didn't see the last one, so I'm like... But you didn't change your hoodie last time. You wore the same hoodie. See, y'all, you're, you're bringing up old stuff. What you mean? This is the new <laughs> you, so... <laughs> Courtney said, can we see the suit pants? Y'all cannot see the suit pants. So, yo, so this is like, we got to get used to this. When we do live and we switch over, you're going to dress differently. Look, you, you, you move the way you move, and I'm going to move the way I move. I'm from North London. I understand that, but that's the problem with North London. You keep What's switching the, the way you keep switching the way you move. How the you cup move? you have on your hand is a team from North London, bro. Hmm? <laughs> it's you wearing the same shorts. You men don't worry about what I'm wearing on uh, what, uh, what I have on. 
down bottom, what, okay? What you say about you're gonna see. What you say about what your favorite team is from North London. The best team in North London. I would listen. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that because this this conversation is going to go a totally different direction. Because you know clearly, we're let's not, not even going to go let's there. Not do this. No, 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 no. Lou. We're not going to go there. We're family right now. Let's. let's all right, we got keep fifteen minutes. All right, we got fifteen. Let's keep minutes. it this way. All right, we got fifteen minutes. But but you know clearly. Oh, see? see, you see that. That's why. What? So right, anyway, anyway. So okay, to everybody out there, everybody who answered asked the question. On the last slide, please send Lou uh, by clicking the question mark. No, uh, no, 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 no. We're not. No, you have to. Please. What's up, Will? You have to. Um, you have to put the questions there so that he can pick them and we can answer them and make sure we address everything that um, uh, that is comes up during this live. Uh, hold on. I'm just reading. I'm sorry. I'm coming close to the thing, but I okay. gotta see. Uh, no, I'm not going to talk about that. Why do I have a suit on? Why do you have a hat on? What? I'm just talking to myself. I have a hat on because I need a haircut. I've been quarantined and I'm not... Hey, Will, that's not even a question. My boy just asked who jumps higher. What kind of question is that, though? He said who jumps higher. He doesn't know. Yeah, but we we already said the. I'm just telling you, it's a question that somebody asked. What you want? But there are so many questions that have been going through that I'm just leave it. We just don't point them out. We're not, not gonna point out. out. Thanks for asking that question, by the way. You knew exactly who jumps higher, but you know you gotta bring it up. How you know he knows who jumps higher? What? Was, someone just said something about the jump shot. Who said that? Someone said, I think it was Kieran who said who has a better jump shot. But Kieran we're not gonna go there. We just block him. Block him. <laughs> block him, yo. Yo, but anyway, can we go back to what we were talking about? Because this is just becoming just, you know, I'm just I was just really surprised by the suit change. First of all, I, I like keeping people on their toes. If no, you know I was, what I'm gonna do, then you can never keep up with me. I was surprised by the suit to begin with, which, you know. Obviously, I've seen you wear a suit, but I was surprised when I got in live and you came with a suit, but then you went and switched suit to a suit. Bro, that, that's impressive. That's a show. It's, it's impressive. Step inside the booth, Superman is alive, man. Pops, do you have any questions you want to bring up? Because I, I, I have questions, obviously, but... I'm trying to find questions that we both, uh, so please, uh, everyone, send questions that we both can answer. Uh, it says, uh, Pops, do you want to, do you want to take this one? Um, mm. What's most important in business relationships? Um, that it, I think the most important thing is that there are business relationships and you keep them that way. I feel like um, when it comes to business, it's difficult. People say it's difficult to work with family, it's difficult to work with friends. But if you have um, like-minded friends and family who understand that going into business, that this is a business, I think you can be successful. And if you separate your business from your personal life, you can continue that succession. Like, say, you know, if we ever do anything or whenever we do stuff together, we under when we have those conversations, there's no joking. There's no Arsenal Tottenham banter. There's no none of that. We're talking business. We're trying to figure out the best way to invest in Africa, to help Africa do this. When we talk basketball and when we talk business and when we talk um, 
uh, what's it called, uh, about stuff off the court and about stuff that's not pertaining to our personal lives, we keep it as such. Like, we, when we have those conversations, they're very deliberate and they're very um, concise and to the point. And Big Bro just said it, like, honoring your side of the agreement is big and, and carrying your own weight. Like, now that I'm on the corporate side, people know me off the court and they know me how I like to smile and I think laughter is the best medicine. I really like to make people comfortable. But when it comes to being a GM, when I walk into that room and into that office or into that element, I'm 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 locked in and this is who I am. And you know, I'm joking and stuff right now being in the suit, but more often than not I operate at a at a at a level and in a way that says this guy's serious about his job. Okay. No, I like that, Pops. I agree 100%. I think, you know, my answer for that one um, is, is similar to what Pop said, but it's, it's really important that you take things seriously. Uh, I think the relationship is uh, the most important part or what becomes really important in a relationship is how serious you are about it. So, for example, um, when, you know, we teamed up, obviously, when I put my team together, it's important for me when information is being passed to me that I know exactly what's going on. Um, you know, I have to have my team, they have to trust me, just like on the court, that I actually know what I'm doing. When we go into that meeting, I have to play my part to a T. I'm not going in there and I'm going to make my team look stupid. Uh, we're going in there with a plan and that's what we're going to get done. So the most important part, I think, Obviously, you want to have trust, but you build that trust. You build the trust that when things are sent my ways that I'm prepared to know about them, I want to learn about them. You know, first, when I meet with my team, I want to impress them that I know exactly what we're doing. And when we go to the next step, you know, I want to step in there, just, you know, I'm going to handle my part. Are you going to handle your part, you know? And that's when you go into things and you get things done. And if you ain't holding your end, you know, that's, there's consequences there. But, you know, to me, that's the most important part. You take it as serious. I know a lot of people who make money who, you know, do a lot of things, but they just throw it on the side. You know, they're not serious about it. But you got to show that seriousness, you know, that you want it just as bad. You, you're not just wishing for luck for it to happen. So that's my part on that. I saw a question. Uh, Pops, do you have a question? I don't Yeah, we, we have a few. I was going to speak to that, though. Like, um... Big Bro asked, uh, what are the biggest parallels to, let me make sure I get it right. He said, what are the biggest parallels and differences between being in the front office pops and entrepreneurship Lou versus playing hoops? Now, for me personally, I think there isn't that big of a difference. Uh, when I first retired, I didn't know what I was going to do, how I was going to be able to compete on this side of the, the game. And I started to learn about transferable skills. And, you know, they asked me for my resume. And I was like, resume? I've never worked a day in my life. He was like, what have you done for the last decade? I was like, I played basketball. He was like, that's a job. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then that's when I realized I possess these transferable skills, such as professionalism and chemistry. I know how to work on the team. I know how to lead. And there's certain things that you can carry over from being a professional athlete to this side of the game. And, and that's what fuels me as a general manager. Like, again, I, I haven't been in the front office too long, but I feel like I've got a PhD in basketball. I've played basketball half my life, and that experience 
has allowed me to do what I'm doing today. So I lean on that experience and then I can acquire whatever other knowledge I need to on the front office side over the course of time. But those are the parallels in regards to the transferable skills. But the differences are, you know, one is a game. The other is, you know, the, the people who make decisions. And one of the reasons why I wanted to get on this side of the game was because we needed more of us in those decision-making positions. So, you know, we laugh at me being in the suit and this, that, and the third. <laughs> Nobody laughed, though. It's this guy. Kieran, this guy, yo. <laughs> um, they laugh at me being in the suit and everything, but like I take that very seriously. When we, when I walk into those rooms, I don't feel like I'm representing myself. I'm representing every player, every African, everybody in my family, everybody that I feel like I've done this for. I walk into those meetings and fight for them because I want to pro provide a mirror image um, to the to this younger generation or to even current players to see um, to see somebody that looks just like them in a position of leadership. So those are some of the differences and the parallels for me. Yeah, Basically, no. No, Steven, don't laugh at him. Don't do that, Berthier. Don't do that. I'm sorry. I'm talking to my, to my boy. But go ahead. What do you feel about that? This <laughs> guy. Um, no, I think um, I agree with you. Um, I, I think that the approach, uh, the approach got to be very similar. I think that, you know, with me, I really hate um, not knowing something or not being good at it. Uh, what the hell are you doing? Sorry. Go ahead. What was that? I, I pressed the button and I was like, huh? Don't what? mind me. Don't mind me. I'm sorry. No, no. Go, I think you put put it back up. Let's, no, let's... it was accident. It was accident. I was just toying with some some things here. But please answer your question. Don't worry about me. I'm so, sure. so you just false. I don't. Yeah. So, uh, nah. <laughs> I can't. Come on, man. You've been doing this for years, bro. Stay focused. <laughs> we put trees. I mean, I know. <laughs> All you ladies out there, there's two of us now. We good. This is what we're doing. Yo, what are you doing, boss? Yo, we're serious, bro. This is I'm not... being serious. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, nah, but, uh, you know, I hate... I, you know, when it when it comes to business, I really hated uh, walking. And this is the answer to uh, Kojo's question. I hated not knowing what's going on. And and for me, what I learned through sports was, pops, I'm, I can't really keep a serious face with you doing this. I, did I do it again? I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on. You're not even on the screen, bro. I don't know how to get back. What you mean? Okay, here you go. I flipped it. There you go. My bad. What what's <laughs> yo, I, I hit the button by accident. Yeah, go on. Please. <laughs> yo, Disregard we that said, last We said fifteen minutes. We got oh, we gotta cut live, yo. Yeah, yeah, yo, we're cool, we're cool. Wait, hey, Benson, where's the yo? Come on. Where's Benson? What is going on today? Yo <laughs> Yeah, I haven't eaten yet today, bro. I've been working all day, bro. I'm I'm, I'm moving differently right now. It's so yeah, hot okay. in here. It's so uh, hot in here. And I yeah, I'm actually like crying, bro. Like, what are you doing? This suit is making me sweat, bro. I'm, uh... I lost. I, I mean, Coach, I'm sorry, man. What, what was I? I don't even know. Yo, this was a serious question, too. No, you were talking about the parallels and the differences be um, between life on the court and life as an entrepreneur. Yeah, no, for me, so my approach always you know, I know what works for me. And it's always been, first of all, you have to be honest and humble with yourself that you don't know what you're doing. Um, to me, 
it's the first thing to actually, you know, going into, into business. You got to go into it as you want to learn as much as you can. You want to do everything it takes to actually know that type of game and what you're getting into. You know, a lot of people think they know it, but to me, there's no way I'm competing with someone who went to school and has been doing it and they're successful at it. And I'm just coming in thinking I'm just going to come in and do better than them. You know, I have to listen to them and I have to take it. It's, it's almost like when a basketball player or a vet is trying to teach a rookie, you know, mm -hmm. the ropes and what they need to do. Your approach got to be that way. You can't just look at yourself as, you know, I'm just going to take my chances with this investment or I'm just going to get into it, even though I don't know it. But so-and-so said it sounds good. And you just throw your investment or your money in there and you put all your trust in them. You know, that sounds great, whatever. Mm -hmm. And hopefully it works out for you, but you have to put the effort in and, and you know, be responsible what you're doing. It takes work. It's not, a lot of people think just, you, you know, you could just throw it out there and just, it's a lottery, you know, it's just going to happen. You know, 99 point whatever, it's not going to happen that way. You know, those that are successful are actually, you know, the majority, they know exactly what they're doing and they're putting the time. And so for me, is, you know, pick out the things that you want to invest in and the things that you want to be serious about, you know, and put the time in. Just like everything else that you do, take it serious. Think of that one thing in your life right now that you take so serious that it can't just happen. You put work in. That's the same way you have to approach it. That's the mindset. And that's really, you know, where I see when it comes to sports and, you know, business and investment, you got to approach it with the same mindset. You know, you, you can't just go into it and not take it serious. Man, that's dope. And you know, I think with that, we can transition to this next question. It says, given that you know you now have the experience that you do, is there anything that you do different? And for me, again, and I, and I hang my hat on this, um, I feel like if I would have done anything different, I would have just made different mistakes. So uh, I'm content and I'm okay with the way things went for me in my life on and off the court because with with those experiences made me the man I am today and put me in the position I am today so I probably wouldn't do anything differently other than you know wanting to be drafted and you know hope, hoping that would inspire you know a younger generation I still um you know I still would probably go about things the same way that I did because it you know they 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 motivated me they determined me and they made me the man that I am today. Yeah. Would you would you still support Tottenham? Like I said, I wouldn't do anything differently. If anything, I would probably end up playing for Tottenham. But other than that, no. So you would still support Tottenham? I mean, it's not. Yeah. I'm just... You see the color of my shirt, right? No, I don't. I, I don't. What is it? Blue. Oh, okay. Well, you guys wear white? But the part of it is blue, too. And we have an alternate uniform. You want me to go get my, my Tottenham shirt? No, 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 that's okay. Because I have, I have like four or five of them. No, the question was just if you would support Tottenham. It wasn't anything bad or anything. It's, it's, a, it's a good team. It's a good team. Yes. No, yeah. I think, no, for me, I would say, you know, uh, you go, you go through everything. Honestly, you, you don't, you can't change. You can't be where you're at now and say I'm going to change this or change that. I think, for me, it's always about how did you come out of it. Uh, what did you do after it happened? Um, obviously, you want to try to avoid mistakes because you already if you already know it's a mistake, then you've already learned it some type of way. 
uh, whether it's going through it or someone told you about it. And then you make that mistake. So then that's where, you know, that's when it's really, you know, bad. That's when it hits the fan. You know, you keep making the same mistake. But if I was to look back and I've made some mistakes and things didn't go the right way, I did learn from them, you know. But what did I do to actually, you know, uh, get better? Or maybe I went through them to be who I am today, you know. That's really how I look at it. So the, that whole thing, if you go back, what would you change? It's, it's very, it's, to me, it's an answer that, you know, it's, it's not a direct answer. There's so many different things that I wish went different way, but then certain things wouldn't have happened the way they happened. Um, you know, and I know people, you know, ask me a lot of questions about, you know, would you have went here? Would you assign this? Would you have went that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I would have. I would have. Mm -hmm. and, and it's why I'm here today. Um, you know, I wouldn't be making the decisions that I'm making if I never went through those. So that's how I look at it. That's dope. That's dope. Uh, I got a really good question, right? Um, and I might be slowly directed to me, but it says, what books have you read that has helped you in the corporate world? Um, for me personally, um, one book that I really, really um, love and really would, um, would uh, seriously recommend is um, a book on emotional intelligence um, from the Harvard Business Review. And for those who don't know, emotional intelligence is the ability to, to especially if you're leading a group of people, it's the ability to inspire and, and, and corral a group of people who are working for you to end up having a common goal and work towards that common goal. And for me, always considering myself a leader, I really wanted to, um, you know, I really wanted to find other ways to, to lead. For me, when I played the game, I tried to lead through example and, and, and through, um, through my emotions and through, you know, my, my vocally. Now that I'm off the court, I can't be as animated and I can't go about things the same way. So I know I have to find ways to, to empower and inspire people. So, you know, having emotional intelligence is something and acquire. And I think reading that book has allowed me to unearth that and to find a way to, to get people to perform and be productive at a high level. So that's the one book that I've, I've read that um, helps me for sure. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who wrote this book, but there's a book, The One. Um, uh, Dave gave me this book a while back. And to me, it spoke to me a lot because they just talk about, you know, putting the effort and that one thing that you're trying to do right now in terms of, you know, we're very easily distracted. Uh, we're easily pulled into other things. Uh, mm -hmm. But figuring out, you know, what's that one thing that you really want uh, is what I learned from this. And, and it really talks about just what would you do, you know, how much would you give? in terms of just to achieve that one thing that you got to achieve right now, you know, why everything else is pulling you, the commitment that you're making. And we know how we get, um, you know, and, you know, some of us are blessed to focus on one thing, but most of the time you're pulling in different direction. But how do you really bring your focus level and your, you know, commitment and sacrificing into that one thing that you want to achieve first? And when you achieve that, it opens doors to a lot of other things, you know, so, yep. Um, another question, somebody, you, you, you got a question you want to, uh, you want to ask? No, I got to look. You, 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 if you have a question already, throw right. it out there. I'll look. This cool. one, this one I think was directed, I think, to me. Uh, any decisions you didn't understand as a player that you now understand as a GM? That's a great question. Um, 
Man, for me, the day I walked into that office and started looking at things on this side of the game, or I think even when I was scouting, even when I was scouting, I realized some of the things and the way I went about things as a player, it, it opened my eyes to it. Like, like I said, I've been cut a few different times from the NBA, and I remember my second year in Toronto, they had signed all those other guys in my position. I went from being the sixth man to being the 12th man, and I wasn't getting much playing time. And we played against Milwaukee. I remember like it was yesterday. We played against Milwaukee. Not only was Chris Bosh not going to play, but Andrea Bagnani wasn't going to play either. And I was just excited. Like, okay, now I get the opportunity. This also goes to your point about your mindset when you approach the game. Like, you know, there was a time for 10, 13 years you were approaching a game um, why are you not blinking? Oh, okay. You were approaching the game knowing you was going to play 30-plus minutes a game. I, yeah. approached, I approached every game just hoping I was going to get in the game and thinking when you get in the game, do something to make the coach be like, we have to keep him in the game. So my mindset was make something happen, whether it was a block, rebound, some sort of a play or some sort of um, hustle that my teammates or energy that they could feed off of that would allow me to, um, you know, stay in the game. This game, I, I didn't get in. And, I, and we lost, and I just didn't understand it because they didn't, there was two of our best players weren't playing that were in my position, and I just knew I was going to play. Then I remember being so, I was so competitive and so hungry to play that after the game was over and we lost, I took my jersey off, and I was just holding it. And fast forward, what's up, y'all? Fast forward a few years later, my agent hits me up. And no, no, I, I get cut from Toronto and I end up in, in Russia. My agent hits me up and he was like, they particularly referenced the time after that Milwaukee game where the coach, I didn't know the coach was right behind me. And he was like, Pops was dra dra dragging his jersey on the floor. Now, if you're, you know, the star, if you're LeBron, even Luau, whoever, uh, or somebody that's in the rotation, front offices, GMs, coaches are going to be okay with putting up with some stuff or most stuff. Now, if you're the, anywhere from the 10th to the 15th guy, they don't they don't want to have to worry about that. They want to have to worry about your antics or what you're going to do. They got they want guys, essentially locker room guys, guys who are going to help the, 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 the team on the court and also in the locker room where they're going to be good teammates and good people. Now, if you've got somebody in, in the, 12th, the 12th man being disgruntled that he didn't get to play his six or seven minutes a game, that's going to cause an issue. And I never understood that as a player. And it wasn't until I was a GM that I was like, wow, I would have cut me too. And man, it was, it was crazy. It opened my eyes. And you know, I definitely tried to go about things a little differently. I try not to judge players for their how they emotionally respond. I try to teach them not to respond in an emotional way. But again, that was one thing. I could speak about many, but that was one thing that really stood out to me that told me um, how to carry myself better as a player. And I wish I knew this, you know, a little early on. Mm -hmm. No, uh, I'm putting this up here, but, um, uh, I, I, you know, for... It, what you're saying is so true, man. You find yourself in, you know, in a different role and you have to make decisions that you don't see it when you're a player. And I think it, this also applies later on, you know, uh, in, in business, you have to make some decisions, uh, you know, that necessarily this is somebody you're cutting or somebody's salary, but you know, the direction you're trying to, 
you know, get better as, as a, whether it's a team or whether it's, you know, uh, an investment or it's a company. You know, you're trying to make the right decision because you're in a different role and you start seeing it. Mm-hmm. You know, and for me, I would just say that, you know, being the president of, uh, you know, South Sudan Basketball Federation, I know that, you know, there's a lot of guys that I wish I could just have five or six teams, you know, but going on in the future, we're going to have to take the best team, but there's so many kids that play, you know, and you have to make those decisions in terms of what's better. And you don't see that side when, you know, obviously when you're playing, you don't think about it at all. You just think of yourself being that, but now you're a GM, you're thinking about the whole team. Bro, bro, I got to speak to that point. Like I said, I've been cut five or six times, and one of the times, here goes me again, my my little screws that I had as a player. I remember they sent an intern to come and get me, and the intern comes, and he's like, hey, the coach and the GM want to speak to you. And I remember the strength coach was like, hurry back. And I've seen this movie before, and it doesn't end well for the brother. And I remember telling the strength coach, I'm probably not coming back. And... Um, I walk over there, I get into the room, and I'm sitting down just like this. And I'm looking like at the coach, and I'm looking at the GM. And I already know where this is going. And they're sitting there talking to me, and they tell me, blah, 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 blah. You know, this, this contract, this, this, or this, we're, um, we're, we're unable to keep you, and we're going to have to release you. And I remember my hands were on the table like this, and I, and I bawled my fist because I felt like I was being lied to. I bawled my fist. And I didn't know they could see. And then I ended up speaking to the coach at the, the, uh, like a few years ago. And he was like, you know, I remember that like it was yesterday. I felt like he was going to flip a table and come across over there and put hands on us. And I was like, no, coach, I was just hurt. Uh, every time I got cut, I took it personally and I got bitter. And fast forward to me being a GM now, it's like being a parent. You know, you give your parents hell when you grow up. When you become a parent, you go through the same thing. Now that I'm a GM, I have to cut players. And I lie to you not, those couple days during the beginning of the season or even even over the course of the season are two of the most difficult days that I have to um, go through as a general manager. Telling the player that we no longer can use his services and that we have to cut him, like, man, it's, it's mortifying, man. It's, it's one of the hardest things I, I have to do and have to do and, if, if I could eliminate one part of my job, it would be that. And like you said, if you could have five or six teams, if I could keep everybody that comes to camp and not have to experience the same pain that I did when, um, when I played, that would make my life a lot easier. But the reason why I got into this position was because of those times that I got cut. If you approach this with honesty, integrity, and transparency, you'll, you know, it may hurt, it may hurt initially, but then you'll be able to, you're doing them um, favor by letting them know everything that they, that they may have done wrong and how they went about it and why it couldn't fit the team. Hopefully they can, they can build on that, 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 all that stuff that they learned. So it's difficult, and, um, but it, it is, you know, um, a responsibility that I take on. Yeah, uh, let's, take, let's take a few more questions before. We shut uh, it down here. Yeah, so I, I posted this one because I think we spoke about this. We can't episode. see it. We can't see it. What you mean? You said you posted it. No, it's on the screen right now. It's not. What? There's no question on the screen. It's, it says, what message do you have for young kids 
chasing their dreams and looking up to you guys. You can't see that? No, I can't. But okay, go ahead and answer it. I got it. I'll, I'll follow up. Oh, okay, I think something happened to your screen, bro. I'm going to leave it up here. I don't want to take it down because I'm sure somebody out there sees it. You see it out there. You just wave your hands. <laughs> oh, it's just on my screen. <laughs> yo, anyway, anyway. That's it. There's no question. Yo, we, that's why I was saying people can't see it. Pops, chill. All right, yo, so. Um, no, so the question is basically what message do I have for kids out there that are chasing their dreams and they look up to us? I think we said this in every episode um, that, you know, for me, and I, and I say it for all my camps, I tell the kids that, you know, basketball just opens up so many opportunities. You know, it opens up so many opportunities because, you know, not everyone, um, not, not everyone is going to be a professional athlete. Uh, not everyone's going to play basketball professionally, but, you know, working hard opens up so many doors. And what I mean by that is, you know, most of the kids that come to our camp, you know, they get some type of scholarship, you know, and for us, the biggest win, you know, is that scholarship, you know, what the kid does with that scholarship afterward is really up to them, but the opportunity is there. You know, you can go to school for one thing and become something else, you know? So for me, it's basically, you know, your dream, you got to go for it, you know, push yourself, give it everything that you got, commit to it, give it everything you got. You know, what we're talking about here today, you know, is something that comes afterward. You know, we're talking about, we retired. We're talking about, you know, for those people that are near retiring and what do you do and people that are thinking about investment or business-wise, this was the talk today. This is not about, you know, go give up your dream and, and pursue this. It's not at all. You know, I went after my dream, Pop went after his dream, and you got to. It will open a lot of other doors. What we're saying is, you know, use every resource that you're getting right now you know, and, and you benefit from it later on. So that's, that's really my message. That's dope. Um, I just, my cousin just popped in and she, my cousin Nana from African Health Now, um, it's a charity that I'm on the board of. So speaking of other stuff that we're doing on the continent, um, the charity, uh, you know, when I played, I never really had anything that I could hang to put my name on, on the continent. Cause I didn't have anyone that I could, you know, say, hey, I'm starting this charity, I'm doing this business in Ghana, you know, run it for me while I'm playing. But when my cousin came to me, my cousin Nana came to me and told me she was, she had started this um, nonprofit that provided primary health care for women and children in Ghana. And I went to the actual clinic in Ghana and saw the conditions that it, that I, that, that it was in. It broke my heart and I immediately jumped on board and tried to help out. So, you know, shout out to my cousin, um, again, you know, trying to help the continent and the country uh, as much as we can with all the resources that we have and the network that we've built is, is part of our responsibility, I feel, to whom much is given, much is expected. And I think um, it's our social responsibility to give back to, you know, not only the younger generation when it comes to basketball, but to the continent in general. And, you know, being able to be a part of that is another way that I tried to do that. And I'm glad that she, she keeps me on the board. I don't know how I, how I was able to get on the board, but yes, I'm on the board right now. But uh, it's definitely something I'm passionate about, something that in a few years we, we hope to take it to higher heights. So shout out to my cousin, Nana. No, that's dope, man. That's mm -hmm. dope. I think, 
you know, for me, I've been I've been blessed and I've been lucky to to really be involved with the continent for so many years. Um, I, I really hold on. Let me, Kwani, I'll get to your question in a minute. Um, no, but you know, I've been I've been blessed and I've been really, uh, you know, lucky to 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 be in a lot of things that I'm involved in now. But uh, I've always wanted even when I was a kid, you know, I think for me, this is why it was so important for me to make it. And I think I try to tell mm -hmm. all the kids from, you know, Africa that, you know, and, and my boy Flo always says this, you know, he always says, what's your why? Uh, you know, and Ooh. when you, yeah. Huh? yeah, yeah, I tell people, I tell, I tell people that all the time. Yeah. And you got to make, you know, you got to always kind of remind yourself, what's your why? And, you know, the, the bigger your why is, the more you push yourself. You know, and I think for me at a young age, I was doing that without even realizing, you know, I loved the game, uh, but I had so much that I wanted to show. And I looked at basketball as a way of, you know, a way, a, a way for me to get an opportunity in so many other things. I didn't just want to just go out there and score 20 points. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I just always believed that you know, this is going to open so many doors. It's going to allow me to do this and it's going to allow me to do that. And knowing that from a young age is, is you know, it's a credit to, you know, my family and, and the people around me. But, and I'm speaking for all African kids, uh, you know, we, we, and not just even African kids, just everyone in general, you know, but you have to make, you know, your reason bigger than you. And, I know a lot of times everyone says, you know, focus on you and do this. I, I really don't believe in that. You know, I really believe that, you know, you have a responsibility to, to do what you got to do, but you have to understand that, you know, your opportunity that you are being given, you know, someone else would love to have it, you know, and I know there's other people who have better opportunities than you, but you're in a position where you're ahead of somebody and you got to make the best out of that, knowing that, you you have a you know you you you'll get a chance to open doors for other people, um, and that's really my why. That's what was pushing me, you know. And now it comes to the business side of the world, and it's the same thing, you know. My why isn't necessarily just to be successful in business, you know. And people always say, you know, it's not about. Yeah, it is. You know, the if you're successful, you get to do things you want to do. You get to control things. It's not necessarily just about you you get to get things done for other people. So that's really the push and the why behind that. So that's dope, man. That's crazy. Like, I, you know, I got that from Eric Thomas. He's a motivational speaker. He goes around speaking to, to corporate, you know, to corporate offices, to professional teams, to college teams, talking about you know, what your why is. And, you know, it's, people always ask that. And, you know, they just ask us what our why is. And for me, it's never been about what I wanted to do. I knew if, if the only way I was, the only time I looked at things personally was if I make it somewhere, look what I will be able to do for these other people. You know, my why is, you know, my, my family. You know, my brother introduced me to the game. You know, my, my parents wanted to make sure they were taken care of. My, my, the rest of my siblings, Joe. Joe um, taught me something at a young age and he had a purpose and he had a why. He wanted to inspire and empower a younger generation um, through the game. So this is what I'm doing now. And this is what's carried me through my whole career. Every time, you know, and to answer somebody else's question, like how do you handle adversity and struggles? Like I said, I've had 11 surgeries in my career. Every single time I was looking 
at that seven before I got operated on, I was like, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to get back? And again, I always refer to the Ashanti in me. There's no quit. I could have quit. Like, I could have quit after my first surgery and nobody would have said anything because I had an operation. But for me, and I always tell you, it makes for a better book. It made for a better book for me because now I can say, hey, I had 11 surgeries, but I still had an NBA career. I still played a decade. I still played in the Olympics. I still did all these things even on top of that. I'm not one for excuses. I don't make them. And anytime I wanted to quit, I would always refer back to my why and my purpose. So definitely, um, you know, definitely wanted to use that. Uh, there's a, somebody said, Cami682 uh, asked a great question. She said, even after the pandemic is over and hopefully it's over soon, would um, would we continue this this live every so? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that birthday. No, no, we've now we've talked about it, and obviously, I think uh, for me, you know, uh, Benson coming up to me and you telling me, you know, let's do this. It's it's about time people hear about it. Uh, for me, uh, you know, there's so much that you know we both want to cover, obviously, and it's not just uh, about basketball. Uh, it's bigger than that, and, and it's uh, it's a path that. You know, I'm I'm really excited about sharing it with people, but you know, it, it's way of looking at things that you could share with people, especially uh, people that are trying to find out, you know, uh, how do you do it or how did it happen and all that. And I'm all about that. And I think that bringing in other people too that people want to hear from and um, and listen to, um, and also you know, from talking about being inspired by basketball and being inspired by. Taylor in Bangkok to for you to come up and show your suits off today. Uh, you know, it's, it's 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 exciting, man. I mean, people got to see the two different suits. <laughs> I can't even keep a serious face when my guy switch suits <laughs> during the show, bro. Yo, <laughs> yo, <laughs> no, but uh, no, seriously, uh, no, we'll definitely continue. I think. We we gotta go soon. Um, yeah, we do. It's uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the next episode or because you know we're going slowly towards. Obviously, we're gonna take questions from people at the end, um, mm -hmm. but we gotta keep on engaging people in terms of what people want to hear about and what people want to talk about. Uh, so I think. Well, mm -hmm. I think. No, I was just gonna say in response to the question. Yeah. Um, to Cammy, like literally, this was just us, my younger brother Benson coming back to us one day. It's like, hey, you guys have a story that certain people may want to hear. We didn't know if 10 people were going to watch it. We don't really do it to have a thousand people, but we feel like if we're able to reach, you know, one person and them to be inspired or them to, to get some sort of direction or guidance through our paths and our journeys, then it's a success. And now that people are tuning in and, and uh, getting, you know, and enjoying, you know, what we're talking talking about in our lives, you know, it's, it's a conversation to have. And, you know, again, we, we want to make sure, we wanted to make sure we provided something during this difficult time to, for people to, to give people hope, to give people, take their mind off of what's going on and to, you know, be inspired, hopefully, by our path and how we was able to get to where we are. So, you know, it's a conversation. We'll see if there's a way to do it seamlessly and do it um, the right way. You know, we'll, we'll always 
calculated and tried to do things um, correctly and want to make sure, you know, you guys get, you know, a good product that we put out. So, you know, it's a conversation for sure. So I, I'm definitely not going to say there's no way, but we'll see. In episode seven, actually, episode seven is going to be the future of Africa. So be prepared to see what I'm wearing that day. Wait, you're going to, you're going to, from now on, you're going to dress according to the uh, episodes? I don't know. You don't know. Now, if I don't know, you don't know. You know what I'm saying? You hear what I just said? You feel that? I just, I just hit you with some knowledge just there. Now go think about that one, okay? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. But yo, listen, listen. Uh, but that's fine. That, oh. I don't know. We're gonna. There's a question She's here. She's You know that there's a question here that uh, <laughs> there's a question here that talks about. It talks about. Uh, you know, it's from Isaac. It says, "Talk about struggle." Uh, and my wait, I can't see it. And mindset. You know, talk about over, you know, overcoming the struggle, like your mindset to overcome the struggle. I think we can answer this now or we can answer it with the answer stuff. Huh? So obviously you guys can see that Lua doesn't listen to my answers because I definitely just answered that question. You answered it when? When I said every time I've had surgery, I've, I've looked at it as when I answered the why question, I answered the struggle and adversity question. A struggle through your injury or a struggle? No, I said I answered it what's my why. And I, every time I had any adversity and struggles, I would always refer back to my why. And that's what got me through my adversity and struggles. So you're talking about all struggles, not just the knee struggle or the surgery struggle. It's the struggles, particular struggles. It could be any and so, everything. So all, all the struggles, you go back to your why? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think that's my foundation. What, what keeps me going? I go back to, um, I go back to my, my family. I go back to my heritage, what I learned at a young age, and what, what got me motivated to want to succeed. And so whenever there was something difficult that came up, any adversity or struggle, I would always refer back to that to get through it. Yeah, no, that's, sorry, I missed, I, I, I really didn't miss that part, but you think I missed it because I really thought you're talking about just in, you know, when it comes to sports or uh, surgeries. With me, I think I've learned a way to, uh, you know, I've learned a way to always make things better than what they are and, and, mm -hmm. and, take whatever it is and turn it into a positive. And what I mean by that is, is, you know, for the longest, I really thought it was normal. I thought that everybody did it, but it's really not. It's, it's, a, it's a skill that you either have it or you practice it. And what I mean by that is whenever something happens or you're going through something, you know, always remind yourself to, you know, two things, you know, one is somebody really has it worse than you. You know, someone is going through it worse than you. And the easiest way to remind yourself is really counting your blessings and what you have. And the second thing is, is always believing that this is really happening because you're going to come out better. You're going to come out better out of it. So it's going to put you through something. But the part of it that you're going through it, you know, there's a reason for it to make you stronger. When you start thinking of those things, you actually go through that rough time knowing that you're actually battling something that you're trying to prove something out of it, you know, whether it's you know, something not happening when you wanted it to happen. So you get better and keep working. So when that time comes, you're actually better than when it came. So, you know, it, it's, it's different ways to do it. But there's people who something would happen and they turn off everything, you know. And, and to me, you can't be like that. To me, it's, it's looking at it as if it happened for a reason. 
and it's happening to someone else worse than it is. You know, the fact that I always tell people this, you know, growing up as a kid, being a refugee, I never really thought that, you know, coming to, to England was possible. And then being in England playing basketball, I didn't think, you know, getting drafted eight years from coming to England is possible. But that, with that being said, I know that there's somebody that's a kid in Africa that's more talented mm -hmm. and would never, ever get that opportunity. You know, and I always tell people the story, even with my wrist, when I hurt my wrist, my rookie year, and I had a surgery on my wrist, the doctor said they got to fuse it. You sure, know, sure. The scar again, please. Right there. You know, I got, goes, man got a C-section scar on his wrist. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, speaking, speaking about scars, bro, you had 11 surgeries. We don't even yeah, man. <laughs> we don't even want to talk about <laughs> Yeah, listen, listen, we don't want to talk about the map you could draw with those surgeries. Man, this whole right side is my bionic side. I've had elbow, shoulder, eye, nose surgery all on this side of my body. Yeah, but this is this is exactly what we're talking about, man. Mm -hmm. it's, you know, you go through all this stuff, but you come out better. But anyway, so I think pops, our time is up. It is, man. It is, man. It's been it's been dope, man. Appreciate it. Love everybody for joining and. It's, I'm gonna tell you like this. Everybody who watches this, it's it's inspiring to us because again, we didn't know what to expect from doing this. We just wanted to put something out there that somebody could um, somebody could learn from and somebody could um, take um, take away have a takeaway from. So just appreciative. I appreciate everybody joining NBA live. My man Matthew, Benny, Benson, uh, Rico, Cole, uh, Spice, Adams, funniest man on 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 Instagram. Uh, Got Shout out to the guy in Bangkok that's making pop soup. Don't forget respect. that. Respect. respect. We're changing at half times now. So every time there's an intermission in the future, we want everyone to, to change also. Yeah. I, also, for everybody that doesn't know. Oh, yeah. The, document, the, docu the documentary is coming yes. tomorrow, 7 p.m. on the Monumental Sports um, uh, Facebook Live. Uh, you can check my page. The link is in my bio. Uh, catch it up. I'm actually going to be doing a couple more lot No Mercy conversations leading up to the documentary. I have one with Chris Bosch, I think later tonight. I'll put that out there. Um, big, Me and Big Bro are going to talk tomorrow um, pertaining to that. And then we have a couple other things. So tomorrow, catch the... Um, catch the, the no Mercy. Again? No Mercy. The documentary. <laughs> Trust me, I'm tired, bro. Catch the documentary tomorrow, No Mercy, My Journey, to an extent, um, to the GW Hall of Fame. So appreciate everybody, and appreciate Lou for being a part of the documentary, too. You'll get to see Lou make a cameo in there also. So thank you to everybody. Respect. North London. Putnam's in the building. Live it up. See. Yes. You are listening to the Hoops Fix podcast, the official voice of the UK's largest basketball website. Visit hoopsfix.com for exclusive news, videos and more.